0: Hi, everybody. This is Mark Graben from Kynexus, and I'd like to welcome you all to today's webinar titled Solutions for Sustaining an Improvement Program. This is going to be presented by Chris Burnham of Wright Medical, and I'm really excited um, with, with everything he's going to share today. So I'm going to keep my introduction of Chris brief, um, helping maximize his time. I've known Chris uh, for a while now. He can correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I may have first learned about Chris when, when he was the creator of a great podcast series called the Lean Leadership Podcast. It's it's been on hiatus, but um, it's it's available out there in all the podcast directories, and I definitely recommend you check that out. Um, But Chris has worked um, not only at Wright Medical where he is today, but he's been in a number of companies, including Coca-Cola, XPO Logistics, and Celestica Inc. Um, So I'm really excited that Chris is here and that things uh, that we found a way to make it work out. And so with that, let me hand it over to you, Chris.
1: All right, thanks Mark. Thank you everybody. I appreciate you uh taking time out of your busy schedules to invest in yourself and and becoming a better uh, uh improvement leader or be able to contribute more to the improvement community. Um just a little bit about myself. Um everybody recognizes that in improvement work nothing goes as planned. That's uh probably more evident to me today than anything else cuz here I am sitting in the Delta lounge uh giving a presentation by telephone instead of uh in my office as I had planned. Um but uh, I, I think today what I want to make sure is that we uh, talk a little bit about um, improvement, uh, talk about uh, the improvement culture. And, and most of what we do um, that's effective is not the scientific side, but it's the soft side or the people side um, that's important. Um, you can have the best technical skills in the world, but if you can't relate to people, um, it creates a challenge for you. Um, I have a little bit of different background from what you would traditionally see in the continuous improvement world. Um, my degree is actually in criminal justice, and I use it every day. Believe it or not, uh, I use it from being able to talk to people from different walks of life and different um, ethnic and socioeconomic backgrounds. Um, I have learned to gather data from my own eyes and not trusting uh, the facts that someone else gives me, but you know, trust but verification, um, and just. Uh, having a disposition towards helping people, all these things are things that you learn in a criminal justice program, um, and I uh, and and I use every day. Uh, so I do have a small disclaimer uh, that I need to put out there. Um, I've had the benefit of working with um, some great people and some great organizations, uh, but the content and the views expressed today are mine and mine alone. Um, and they don't necessarily represent those uh, that I may have been associated with personally or professionally. Um, so now that we have that out, uh, there's a slide mark that says about me and it's got some pretty cool pictures on it. Um, yeah. so I'm, uh, I am a, uh, just a little bit about me. I'm a, i am I live in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, and I have a great family. I got a beautiful wife, Jennifer and, and, and two kids, one of which is about to uh, start driving here in a little bit. So that, that will test your patience more than anything else. Um, I'm an avid NBA fan, uh, and, and in the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, are kind of my uh, uh, my home team here. Um, I'm a, I'm a dog lover. Uh, I've got uh, th- uh, three great dogs here, um, and uh, th- they're the they're the four legged children in our home. Um, but they're all rescues. Uh, nobody was bought. Nobody was bred. they it's um, a matter of uh, giving dogs a home. We're actually active in the Street Dog Foundation here in Memphis. That's kind of how we give back. Um, if I can be lost for four hours or so, you will find me on. Uh, a pond with a kayak chasing fish. I figured out years ago that if I'm in the woods with a golf club, my blood pressure goes up. If I'm in the woods with a fishing pole, uh, my blood pressure goes down. Um, up in the top right corner, there's there's a piece of advice that my mentor gave me at the beginning of my career. And this um, this index card has kind of followed me around everywhere I go. It it, it ends up um, in uh, up on the wall uh, in, in every office that I've had, but it says you cannot add simplicity in. You have to take complexity out. Uh, and I think there's no truer maxim when it comes to uh, improvement work. And um, there with, uh, if you had to sum up what I do for a living, um, you'll see the the, the uh, airborne soldier jumping out of plane, but there's one small step that he missed. Uh, now, his training is going to tell him what he needs to do to save himself. Um, but sometimes we miss the little things, and the little things are important. And uh, what I do for a living is I help make sure that teams operate at their personal and collective best. Uh, so uh, if you had to describe what I do for a living, I make sure that the static line is on the line and that everything goes as possible whenever possible. So in continuous improvement work, uh, next slide here, Mark, please. We, we often find ourselves uh, playing different roles or different positions. And, uh, there's no one set position that we play every time. Um, but some of these, uh, we may, in some instances, we may be the leader that everyone else is looking to, uh, for advice or guidance or direction. Um, and other times we may be a learner where we're trying to, uh, to build skills or gain knowledge or even more importantly, under grasp the situation and truly understand, uh, the challenge that we're facing at the time um other times we have to be an advocate i like to think that people that do what we do um are advocates for the process and advocates for the people um so advocacy uh, is uh can be seen in a couple different ways but um i think advocacy uh is probably best described as seeing the truth and speaking the truth uh at every at every opportunity and then um as we look forward uh you know we often play the role of coach. Uh, I, and, and by coaching, you set an example. Uh, coaching is not is not telling. Coaching is not directing. Um, really good coaching uh, is uh, asking good questions that uh, change the way that people think or change the way that people, uh, the prism through which they view a process. So really the best coaches that I've seen out there uh, that I've had in my life and that I, that, that I have the benefit of working alongside And networking with are they they ask really good questions uh, that provoke thought. Um, You know, I recently uh, I was at a conference and a friend of mine were looking at a group of people and uh, he mentioned, you know, 10 years ago we were the young guys at these types of conferences and I said, yeah, I know. He goes, now we're the old guys. But um, the way that you get old in this business is not by um, not by not by telling more people or stopping in more places. Really, it's by um, you know, gaining experiences and learning how to ask better and better questions. So the next slide. I think one of the things we have to establish up front is realizing that we uh, serve different constituents from a continuous improvement uh, standpoint. Um, if you are a representative or a leader of a continuous improvement program, um, you are, uh, for lack of a better term, an advocate and an ambassador uh, for your companies or your organizations, uh, change culture. Um, and, uh, being able to, uh, quickly and comfortably talk to people from all different venues is, uh, something that's, that's important with this. Um, and being a being you know, serving that culture, you need to understand the environment. And, uh, I think Rich Sheridan, uh, who wrote Julie, Julie Inc. Uh, he probably summed this up best, uh, in a talk that he gave, but says so, you know essentially we're all um, you know climate control devices or HVAC units and, and we have to we have to pump out fear filter out ambiguity and pump back in uh, safety and, and comfort so that people feel comfortable sharing you may have to do that with somebody that's working on the front line that's closest to the work um, you may have to you know you may have to do that with a boardroom with executives uh, with people that may really don't Maybe they don't understand uh, improvement in a sense, in its deepest sense, uh, so you have to kind of play the role of um, learner, at the, you know, learning what's important to them, but also advocate and trying to demonstrate the values and the things that are important to them uh, and, and, and the behaviors from a culture standpoint. Um, you may be somebody that's been in your role. You may be working or, or serving someone who's been in their role uh, for 30 years and has advanced academia, or you may have somebody that's... Just starting out uh, in their career, but I also think it's important that we remember that um, every bit of improvement uh, begins and ends with the customer. And that customer may be somebody that's um, externally that's that's a, a retail consumer. Um, in healthcare, they may be the patient, um, but internally we have um, we have customers as well that are the the downstream processes that rely upon us getting things done right the first time uh, and, and not. Uh, accepting passing something down from uh, that, that's wrong, whether it's part, product, or information. So today, I want to kind of share with you some of the uh, experiences that I've had as far as some pitfalls that um, that can put your continuous improvement program at risk. Um, these are the types of things that it's a lot, I, oftentimes it's not a big meteor that hits you. It's a small splinter that you leave unattended and um, it becomes infected and festers, and then everyone else is afraid to get a splinter, and you end up having to do more work than you need to. So uh, think in terms of uh, managing those splinters uh, is is making sure that you're tending to problems when they happen. Um, and here are a couple common ones that, that, that have stuck out. I'm going to share with you my experiences that have helped me uh, and benefit. I want to point out, Um, I'm not perfect. Uh, I still face challenges every day, Uh, and and I'm learning just like you are. Uh, But I wanted to share some of my experiences with you uh, to kind of help inform some of the choices and and, and things that you do in the future. So the first slide there is around poor communication. Um, Karen Martin, in her book, The Outstanding Organization, which is a great book, by the way, uh, it talks about lack of clarity and how that breeds chaos and confusion. And um oftentimes lack of clarity doesn't show itself or manifest itself as um you know something that's completely wrong. It's usually just a small detail that's missing or a small detail that's not completely understood. Um or you walk away from something and there's still a cloud of ambiguity around uh what's supposed to happen out next. Uh, you know you hear the term somebody needs to take care of this problem. Well somebody doesn't work here. Uh, if if you see it, you own it until you pass it to somebody that can that can take it from you. But I think also the biggest challenge is failure to understand or properly grasp the current situation. Um, so there's there's some things that you can do that are fairly easy uh, in regards to this that will help you mitigate the confusion. Sometimes uh, I think uh, you need to practice asking better open ended questions. Um, what I would suggest with this is find a partner. Uh, find somebody that you, that you can trust and just practice asking good questions and give real and honest feedback. Uh, I, I think um, open-ended questions provoke thought, uh, but if you give simple yes or no questions, you're just, you're, it's like taking multiple, cho- multiple choice tests. You're not, you're not gaining, you're not demonstrating any long-term knowledge and you're not provoking a thought. You're just provoking, do I choose left or right, A or B or yes or no? Um, I would also suggest documenting tasks using a clearly defined system how however you choose to do that whether it's using um a wiki if if in some cases i've seen if it's using um uh documenting an email with one note uh with meeting notes and 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 after every after every note um also i, w- I would uh make sure to summarize things via email but uh or i would uh, hey look i'm a kind con- consumer as well um, and the Kinexus system has been really helpful for us as far as communicating, collaborating, and keeping track of what needs to be done in order to be, be able to effective and move the needle the direction we want to. Also, I would emphasize write stuff down. Um, in, in a day and age, with uh, we've got iPads, iPhones, tablets, uh, laptops. Laptop computers, we've got, um, you know, we can take notes, voice recorded with our phones or whatnot. Um, I still walk around with a good old-fashioned paper and pen planner, and, um, and and there's two reasons for that. Uh, the first one is it's a system that works for me. It's easy to take out um, in different environments, whether I am in a uh, manufacturing environment or an office environment. Um, I'm not limited to technology. But um, I also think there's a deeper connection to when we pick up a piece of paper and a pen and we we, we put the pen to paper and apply our ideas. Um, the other thing is, is that when you're talking to somebody and they bring something up to you and you stop to take a moment to write it down, you're certifying that what's important to them is important to you. Um, and so that be, that unspoken behavior of, of writing that out when they're right in front of you is powerful. Um, repeat that for confirmation. Uh, I, this is... Uh, we all learn this uh, along the way when we're learning about feedback, but somehow we we skip over it or gloss over it. Um, so a simple way to do this is uh, just repeating back. So you'd say, you know, Mark, I, just so I understand what you're saying, uh, and to be, so I'm clear and I understand, you indicated that we were going to have to do the, uh, the, the, pod, the podcast or the webinar a little bit differently today because the situation is beyond your control. Is that right? and just that simple confirmation will um it, again it demonstrates back to to Mark that I'm listening uh but it also uh it also crystallizes and clarifies the idea in your mind um the other thing is assume there is no agreement until agreement is confirmed uh and that, that, this is another thing it may seem small but if you miss it uh it, it hurts uh and it can it can actually impede the progress there and just so, just you know, confirmation. Hey, I want to make sure we have agreement on this. These are the things that these folks are going to do, or this is the next step, or uh, or this is what we've agreed to uh, to take on. And just get that get that verbal confirmation from folks uh, uh, around the room. Um, and the last thing I, I alluded to this a little bit in my introduction with my criminal justice background, but don't get information filtered from someone else. Um, whenever possible, get the information straight from who provided it. Uh, and uh, I, I, because of the pace that we work at in, in, in the world today and we're, we're moving so quickly and we try uh, – even we try to convince uh, every – every day we see uh, people throughout the globe that try to take complex thoughts and uh, distill them down to 140 characters. Uh, don't allow that to creep into your improvement program. Make sure that you're getting accurate information from the source uh, from that standpoint. So that covers communication. The next step uh, is not using metrics uh, and process behavior charts. And the challenge here is that uh, an absence of clear measurements and targets that define success can actually um, have you kind of running around. It's kind of like going on a journey without a map. Uh, you don't know which direction is is the direction that you should be heading. Uh, but the other piece here is making sure that teaching data driven decision making. So you want to be able to tie the things that you do and the experiments that you run to the metric so that you can understand how its effect is on the metric. Um, and so what I found is uh, you want to be clear about what the targets are. Write them down. Uh, be clear about what your challenge is. Um, use the right chart for the right measurement. Um, I, there's a great book out there for folks. It's called The Back of the Napkin by Dan Rome. Uh, and in that book, he talks about, um, with, with whatever idea that you're trying to convey, there's a different type of illustration that you want to use. But, um, you know, if you're trying to uh, show a trend of an output over time, you don't need to use a bar chart. Uh, you need to use a process behavior chart or an SPC chart. Um, and I, I found that in my personal experience that when you do that, uh, it uh, it breeds thinking. Now when something is outside of a limit, Um, you can ask a question that challenges it and says, Hey, why, why, what happened here? What, what do we understand? Uh, do we have an assignable cause for, for what happened here? Um, I've also seen teams that now that they're using them, uh, the dialogue is better between the team because they'll say, Hey, look, we have four process points in a row that are consecutive, that are closer to a limit than closer to the, the average what's happening here. Let's, let's go see, let's go learn. So, um, with that, you're creating an environment where uh, targets are visible and people are learning. I'll also tell you that uh, by posting your metrics, you increase the general level of knowledge of everybody in the area. And uh, times where work gets interrupted with having to give status reports, now you can just simply point them to the chart. And the the metrics that are there uh, that are important uh, are clearly visible. So, uh, you know, I'm... I'm not the metric and process uh, map uh, or excuse me, the metric and measures of success expert on the call today. That's uh, that's my co-host, But um, I I would tell you that uh, you want to make sure that when you put metrics out there, don't get caught in vanity metrics and vanity metrics are things that are, that that look good or feel good, but they really don't mean anything. So that can be number of people trained or, or it can be, uh, number of near misses or it, you know, that, that didn't result in a, an assignable cause or, you know, they, there's lots of them out there. Um, usually you can spot a vanity metric because you can't make a decision based upon what you see and there's not a clear target as well. Um, and so in the next chart, you know, you see uh, I've got an example of an SBC chart here and you've got an upper control limit and a lower control limit uh, and an average limit and that thinker is the person who we serve. And, you know, we, we want to be able to ask what happened here. Uh, What, what, what changed? What's, what's different here? Um, because when you understand that you get better process knowledge gives you better process control. And that's why they call it statistical process control. Um, the next, the next, uh, you know, problem that we have is, is that next slide, please, is not locking in improvements with training. So, um, the problem here is typically you have an improvement uh and it's realized but you don't retrain everyone to the new standard and performance degrades uh i think the easiest way to describe this is to call you know it's entropy and uh em- entropy is the natural state of processes to degrade into chaos um and that's what happens when you don't seal in the new standard when you don't uh when you don't confirm uh uh and 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 make sure and and i guess put your new improvements in, in a state where they're concrete uh, for the next improvement to build off of. All right. So um, I know this sounds rudimentary and basic, but a lot of us fail to do this is, you know, document the new standard. Um, uh, TWI does a great job with um, job instruction um, and, and, and how we break down the jobs, the essential elements, but then looking at the job methods process of challenging each step that's broken, uh, with job me- methods, you know, it's um, who's the best person to do this? When is the best? When is this the best time to take? You know, to do this? Who is most qualified? Where should this work be done? When should this work be done? Um, and sometimes it may seem like a little bit of overkill, but uh, one of two things is going to happen when you break your elements down like that: you're either going to confirm that they're in the right place, or you're going to unlock an opportunity to move them to a better place. Uh, and with improvement work, uh, you know, everybody kn- on this call knows it's not about perfect, it's about better, right? We just want to get better every day. Um, so the other thing you want to make sure is when you do new training, it's confirmed that the teacher has taught and the learner has learned. Um, I'm the son of a, 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 a former professor of vascular surgery, and uh, the way that he taught was A, with data. Everybody has to have data. But the other thing is is that you know, much the same way he was instructed is it's see one, do one, and teach one and you know that the learner has learned and the teacher has taught when the learner can teach back what they've what they've acquired from the teacher. Uh so um that yeah, that's important. And then uh people are uh we're all naturally selfish uh and and that's normal, but uh, to serve that selfishness you you have to confirm to people why the new path is important to the individual and to the team as a collective. Um and the last thing I'd ask is don't get don't get sucked into the path of being the process police um, if you're simply looking to punish people when they're not following your process uh, then there's a there's a training gap there there's a problem there uh, and you need to go understand that uh, and, and tr- address that uh, before you try to move forward to your next advancement so then the next uh, slide is and this is important I talked about how you have to have a personal connection with people but um, you know, the, a lot of the work that we do is, is, is soft work and the, the problem statement here is simply you can't challenge and get growth if people do not believe that you have their best interests in mind. Um, I don't think that needs any clear, clear explanation. Uh, but, uh, you know, I guess the best source that's helped me with this is there's a, that's not me. Sorry. I, this is what happens when you're in a background. So the, the, Sorry. So, um, you know, the, the challenge here is, is that, uh, the best resource I've had is Kim Scott. Uh, she wrote a book called radical candor and and in that Kim has worked, um, for Sheryl Sandberg, uh, at Facebook. And she's worked at a couple different tech companies that you would, um, that you would benefit from. And in her book, uh, she doesn't just tell you how to, to act or how to build out this framework, but she's built a framework that um, helps understand that based on her failures and her successes, that uh, the the framework is simple. You have to have a high level of care personally in order to be effective with a high level of challenge directly. All right. So um, you know uh, if you don't care about people personally and you challenge directly, then it just comes off as obnoxious aggression. All right. So um, yeah, you, the the degree in which you can be effective from challenging is directly tied to how uh, tight your personal connection is to the people that you mean. So what I mean by, um, personal connections is don't get creepy. Don't get, um, don't, don't, you know, you got to respect boundaries. Um, but get to know the people that you're working with today. Um, you know, get to know what's important to them. Uh, you can't just start out by saying, Hey Mark, what's happening with you today. right. Um, you have to build that through time with rapport. Uh, and I guess the best way that you start with this is to share first. Um, so if, uh, if you want to spend some time to get to know people, you need to share things with them. Uh, it can be something as simple as having pictures of your family in your desk, uh, and, 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 to talk about your family. Then other people will talk about their family. If they feel comfortable doing it, um, you, you can talk about, uh, the, the challenges that you, uh, that you're taking on at work. You can talk about your goals. Um. Uh, uh, there's a great book, uh, you know, uh that John Dewar uh, wrote uh, out there. That's um, yeah, you know, I, I won't say it's measures that matter, but in uh, it he talks about objectives. Go ahead. Yeah, it's called me- Measure What Matters. Sorry. Measurement, perfect. Thank you. Measure what? Uh, and yeah. book. In, in Dewar's book, he talks about posting your objectives and your key results. The reason that you do that is so other people can see what, what's challenged for you and tie their objectives and key results in a way to help you. Um, it's it's a great book. I didn't put it in my uh, notes at the end, Mark. If we can add that, that, that would be great. But, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, we're a community and a community is um, built up by people that are interrelated and they depend upon one another. And you can't do that just as a stone pillar sitting there and not accepting any input or being able to give any output Uh, you have to be part of the network and part of the community Um, and so the next uh next slide here is um not effectively separating the work from the worker this kind of ties in with the the care person not having a personal connection is but um you know when we the challenge here is when we challenge results or outcomes our natural default language ties the individual to the result um, and sometimes, uh, we do it without, uh, meaning to sometimes it's unintentional, but it's the type of thing that if you allow it to happen, it can absolutely sabotage any level of personal connection that you have with people. And it can also set your improvement program back. Um, so you need to be intentional about the words you use. Uh, it, you know, guys, you want to practice the presentations you give. Um, And you want to practice the the language that you use Um, and have somebody that can act as a second coach that observes you when you're giving these presentations or somebody that that, that can give you feedback and say, Hey, uh, there, you know, you want to use this word instead of this word, or, you know, Hey, I thought when you did this, it was um, it was a little uh, gray as far as getting into tying the person to the result. You may want to go back and clean that up with a private conversation, but, um, some simple, easy ways is you want to tie results, talk to the results, charts or outcome, outcome together with people. Um, that's what I love about whenever you put uh, a chart up or a value stream map or a process flow diagram. And you're solving a problem um, naturally. Your body language is you get side by side with that person and you're looking at the the problem together, versus sitting across the table from them. And, and it's a directly, hey Mark, you're you know I'm I'm challenging you, not not your idea um but yeah you, know, you want to you want to make sure that uh you challenge the process and not the not the person um i think everybody at this point has heard the maxim easy on the people hard on the process and no truer words have been spoken but also make sure that you speak in a language of empowerment uh you know make sure that you speak in a language that encourages people uh you know go go out of your way to um to recognize someone whenever you have, whenever you have an opportunity um, and that, that will help out a lot, you know, when, uh, you know, um, yeah, I, if you, and again, it goes back, if you have a, uh, if you have a, a high personal connection with somebody, um, then you can challenge more aggressively and more directly. Um, and so this isn't something easy to learn. It takes some time. It takes some effort, but, uh, this is one of those things you want to pay attention to. Um, so the next, uh, the, the next countermeasure or the next challenge we want to face is, Um, failure to make make results visible. Um, And the problem is people are often not aware of what improvement teams are doing to solve problems. Um, And again, back to the sense of community, if people aren't aware, they can't contribute um, and they can't challenge and they can't improve. So um, what I would suggest is make the problems that you're working on visible. Um, I think storyboards, um, you know, huddles, uh, charts with the, with the, Putting those in a place that they're visible, it certifies that they're important, and it also um, it invites feedback and invitation. Um, you want to celebrate success uh, when it's important. Um, that's one of the first things that is in the TWI and job relations. It's you know celebrate and 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 give praise at the right time, uh, and you want to you know you want to be intentional about giving praise. I, I'll tell you, Mark and I were actually talking about this before the uh, the webinar, but um, in terms of uh, giving praise make it a point in every interaction that you have to to demonstrate uh, you know in a visible way through word or action uh, that you appreciate the contributions of somebody in that area give you want to you want to um, you know you want to be an ambassador of joy you need to make sure that you give somebody uh, kudos every chance you get and any anywhere you're at um, and it, it's it's contagious when you do it other people will see it and they'll do it too Um you want to keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's what happens when you have results visible. Um, and people can't get distracted into the small subset of a small problem that doesn't really affect everyone. Um, and so when you have metrics that matter and, and, and measures of success in a visible way, you're able to point back to that and ask, okay, what you're proposing, how does this affect what we've said is important to the group? Um, and so that helps that, that what it does is it helps you keep the main thing in front of the eyes that matter most. Um, for Kinexus users, I have found that um, building dashboards for uh, leaders in their organizations and um, making the results that matter visible on a dashboard and then setting up a email subscription that emails it to them once a week uh, or at whatever frequency they want it based, um, it can drive engagement. And it, by making your results visible uh, and making the, the problems that you're working on visible, uh, you will get a lot more support that uh, that comes out of that so and um and and i guess to bring it all to to closure here um the next slide it's, uh, it it's just improvement should be about engagement and the, route, the the results are a natural byproduct so what what i mean by engagement is um, again with the sense of community when you're building a continuous improvement program it's not a bunch of projects it's not a bunch of tasks. it's not a bunch of um, uh, of metrics. It's a bunch of individuals that have free and creative thought and differing views and opinions and different ways to see the world. and the collection of that uh, manifests itself in the culture that you build from a continuous improvement standpoint. Um, so the people are the roots. The people are what um, uh, that, that what what uh, build your program grows your program, sustains your program, protects your program. Um, and so if you engage, if you focus on engagement with those people in a positive way um, and, and you're teaching, learning, growing, and you're making sure that, you know, at the beginning of the slide, I had those four different roles that you play at different times, whether you're a coach or a leader or a learner or an advocate, if you focus on making sure that you're in the right role at the right time in the right place, um, the results are a natural byproduct, Uh And, Um, a a group, uh consulting group I, I saw recently, um, one of their maxims is, is if you focus on, um, if you focus on the people, uh, the numbers will come, but if you focus on the numbers, uh, the people will go. Um, so that's it in a nutshell. I apologize for not being in a position where I could, um, take a lot of questions, uh, from, uh, from a phone standpoint, uh, because of unplanned work travel, but, um, you know if you have a question or if you have a comment or if you have an experience that uh that that you think uh can benefit the group i would ask that you share it um and mark will talk a little bit about that mark is there anything that you think i need to clean up or or any any points you want me to expand upon in, uh, in the next minute or so
0: <laughs> i think you need to make your flight so thank you for um making this happen today even though the circumstances For you weren't ideal. Uh, I appreciate you sharing some of your thoughts and reflections and experiences. Um, So we will we'll figure out um, how to do the follow up Q and A. So let me know we have some time, Chris. While we'll we'll share that with everybody uh, via email. So if you want to drop off, I'm going to make a few announcements. Okay. uh,
1: Yeah. Just the last thing I want to say is thank is is thank you. Um, uh, This uh, the the improvement continuous improvement. Uh, community really is a community and it, it's built up of people by you and uh, that are on this call and, and and the people that we work with and um, I'm grateful to be able to be a part of this community I'm grateful for everything that folks here have given me and I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity to give back so um, thank you and with that yeah. I'm gonna drop off
0: all right thank you Chris and he also provided a list of uh, resources and and books that he mentioned Um, during the talk here. um, John Doerr, D-O-E-R-R, his book, Measure What Matters, uh, is a really interesting read as well. So I just want to make a few announcements and again thank everybody um, for being here. Um, Future webinars, if you are a Kynexus customer, the next Kynexus Training Team Office Hours is coming up on June 20th. And the next presentation style webinar that is open to all is going to be presented on July 18th. It's going to be presented by Nick Shonsky. He's a continuous improvement specialist at the Standard Group and his talk is going to be titled something like Capturing and Managing Improvement Opportunities. Nick, uh, like Chris, uh, both of their organizations are Kinexus customers and, and Nick is going to share um, not just about how they use Kinexis, but um, how they engage people in improvement and how important that is want to invite you also to check out our on-demand webinar library. You can find that. There's a link on uh, our website, kinexus.com slash webinars. we would invite you to check out our blog, or I should say two blogs. If you go to blog.kinexus.com, we have um, kind of a general public blog, and then we have a separate um, customer blog where we talk about new features and things that are uh, of more interest to Kinexus customers. We also have a podcast. We will publish um, the audio of Chris's webinar today and the follow-up Q&A in the podcast feed. So if you're a podcast listener and you want to make sure you don't miss out on the Q&A, you can subscribe to the podcast in all of um, kind of the usual um, usual places. And if you have um, other questions, um, Chris, Mentioned before, uh, we started the webinar. If people want to email him, you can do that. His email address is here on screen. His personal email. You can go ahead and submit questions via um, the question box, and you can all also um, follow up with me, marketkindexus.com, if you have um, other questions for Chris to address. So um, I appreciate uh, his, his uh, presentation today. Um, uh, thanks to Chris for mentioning my book, Measures of Success. Um, I, I hope those of you on the webinar who are Kinexis customers are using uh, the control chart functionality that's within um, our software. If you have any questions about um, the methodology, um, you, you can reach out um, to me, or if you have um, questions about the technology, you can reach out to your Kinexus um, contact. Um, so with that, again, we we will end um, a little bit early today. Um, I want to thank Chris for uh, battling through what was a bit of a fire drill this morning. Uh, he meant it when it, you know, it wasn't his fault that he had some last minute work travel come up, but I think it was better for him to do um, a slightly abbreviated session, even with a bit of airport noise, instead of um, having the counts uh, having to cancel. Um, so with that, I want to thank everyone um, for. Attending. I hope uh, you'll join us on future webinars. Uh, on behalf of the team at Kinexis and on behalf of our presenter Chris Burnham, uh, this is Mark Raven saying thank you and uh, see you next time.